Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on August 24th, 2022. Kobe Bryant day, Ty, 824. Oh, rest in peace. R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. I would like to start this podcast by proudly announcing that we have a Tyler fuck-up on our hands. Whoops. Tyler said that this week we were reviewing Me Time, the Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg, comedy, brocom, I don't know what to call it, um, film that is coming out on Netflix. Um, that film releases Friday, August 26th. Yeah, that's after the day we're recording, actually. Yeah, so we had to do a little bit of a, uh, a curveball, and it was something I was actually thinking of, like, Literally, like, two days before, I was like, hey, if we need something, I have an idea. And that idea is we are going to go back and review The Incredible Hulk, Ty. The second MCU movie ever starring Ed Norton. And why are we reviewing The Incredible Hulk, Ty? It's because She-Hulk is out. And I'm just a big Hulk guy. And it's going to be a Hulk-filled podcast. The greenest episode we've ever had. Yeah, you're probably right there. I can't think of any other green movies that we've done. Find one. I dare you to find one. So, yes, we're going we're gonna to talk She-Hulk, of course, first, episode one that released last Thursday. By the time you're listening to this, episode two might already be out. So we'll probably just be talking kind of overall themes of the show, maybe some widespread things moving forward, not necessarily like an episodic breakdown. And then we'll jump into the Incredible Hulk movie review. And no draft today. Yeah, we're just, we're just talking Hulk. Let's get into the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I don't so I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. All right, Ty, if you follow me on Twitter, I know you do, but if the listeners follow me on Twitter, they already know how I felt about Hulk She-Hulk episode one. Mm. Um, I don't know how you felt about She-Hulk episode one. I don't even know if you saw my tweet. I didn't. 
Um, so just tell me, how did you feel She-Hulk, one episode in the books? Yeah. I liked it. Okay. I liked it. It was fun. I like this character. Uh, I, I like the way they seem to be going with um, kind of the themes and, and the slight bit of comedy, but um, kind of the tones, I guess, of the show. I, I like how it started off. I felt like it was a solid pilot for a new series that obviously isn't going to be like the other ones. But I like the introduction to the character and how they started everything off. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the She-Hulk character. Is probably my favorite part was that character and the mm-hmm. portrayal. Um, yeah, I, I had a good time with it. What about you, Jay? Sorry, just totally random sidebar here. Okay. Um, Fuck yeah. I just got this ad on Rotten Tomatoes for this series called um, The Resort on Peacock. Have you heard about this? Nope. Um, what piqued my interest is it said The Resort from the creators of Palm Springs and Mr. Robot. I like both those movies. Mr. Robot, the one with you're Will thinking Smith. Of, you're thinking oh, of that's iRobot. Don't know what Mr. Robot Mr. is. Mr. Robot, uh, Rami Malek. Okay, well, I'm a big fan of Palm Springs. Um, no, this is a, a a dark comedy mystery television series created for Peacock. Fuck yeah. I might have to check into this. Um, <laughs> so my She-Hulk episode one, my overall consensus was... I wasn't, it's kind of contradicting. I wasn't a big fan of the first episode, and maybe this is just some of my previous bias hearing people say, oh, the first episode, you know, it takes a little bit. I wasn't a fan of the first episode itself, yet I'm optimistic because of how they handled the themes of the show, and I really like Tatiana Mazzali, Maslani. Um, I thought she did fantastic. I thought she was the best part of this. Yeah. Um, overall, as a whole, though, just in terms of episode one, I didn't love it, love it. Um I, I, I just it's it's I, I hate what they've done with the whole character. It's been I've been do, it's been well documented on this podcast how often I've talked about it, and this was just more of that in my face, and I think that's why I didn't like it very much. <laughs> I, so I I agree with you know maybe the episode wasn't the best 100, percent but I think I viewed it more as like a pilot setting stuff up yeah. rather than an actual individual episode. So I'm with you there in those thoughts. Uh, the whole character, I'll be honest, I kind of started liking him a little bit more in this. And what they're doing and some of the stuff, I was like, okay. And then we went back and we watched something where the Hulk was actually the Hulk and wanted to break shit. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, that's a bummer. <laughs> it's just such a bummer that he's a nerd. Yeah, and it's just like, there was one scene, I saw it on Twitter before I even watched the episode, so I was already pissed about it, where it's this, it's like back-to-back shots and it's like a, the first Avengers where he punches the fucking Shatari ship and it you know crumbles and everything. And then it cuts to the She-Hulk clip where she drives off in the Jeep and yeah. it throws him into a pile of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> can't handle a Jeep, but you can handle a fucking monster the size of a skyscraper. Oh, man. It was – and I, I didn't think – I'm optimistic it'll get better. I thought some of the writing was, like, super fucking corny in this. Like, just some of the dialogue between Tatiana Maslany and, and Mark Ruffalo. I don't know. Ruffalo felt a little bit out of place, and I think it's just the Hulk character. It's like – I think Ruffalo, and we'll talk about it when we talk about Incredible Hulk – I think he plays a good Bruce Banner, but how does that Bruce Banner interact with like the Hulk? I don't know. It's just, it's interesting, man. Especially when you see the two parallels of the character. And again, I've been very on the record on how I don't like how they handled it. Even Avengers Endgame, where he's dabbing in the fucking diner and everything. Like, I I just don't love it. Thoughts on him saying "bruh"? Uh, That's one of those things. (laughs) He got a chuckle out of me. Riley cackled when he said it, and I just shook my (laughs) head. And I don't know if I'm just taking the Hulk character too seriously and i think that's kind of where we're at is like you just can't take it seriously because of what they've done so if you just it's take just, it for what it is i think it's fine if you expect it to be 
2008, 2012, or even fucking Ragnarok Hulk, you're not going to get that. Well, here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping they they transitioned Ruffalo into this type of Hulk so they could set up the She-Hulk character because she's very more comedic forward, talks to the camera, breaks the fourth wall like Love she does that. in the comic books. I like that too. Um, they transitioned him to introduce that theme with She-Hulk and then maybe somehow go back on it and Ruffalo becomes other Hulk again. Now, while I'm optimistic of that, mm -hmm. I will say there's a very clear shot of Abomination in one of the trailers talking, and it's just Tim Roth with his British accent and a very, like, ha-ha voice. Yeah. Like, very much, kind of like Korg, like a really soft-spoken giant monster, rather than what we have in this, you know, the film that we are going to review today. Mm -hmm. Well, I've, I actually did some research, like, because Abomination is supposed to be smarter than Hulk, like... I read something like when he transforms, he doesn't lose his intellect or whatever. So that's why, like, in, in the, the Incredible Hulk. In the Abomination version of yes. it. Yeah. So yeah. in Incredible Hulk, that's why he was talking and Hulk wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember the trailer of him. Was he talking as Abomination it's, form? He was in Yeah, he was Abomination, okay. and he was just a regular voice dude. Very much changed that character from being that big, scary, intimidating force to, hi, I'm, I'm Abomination. Um, they made him, they softened him up. A little bit, but my concern there is if they're doing that, why the fuck would they turn Hulk back into the Hulk monster? So it's interesting. How long is Mark Ruffalo going to do this? He's like 62. I don't know how old he actually is. But, no way Ruffalo's 62. Um, he's getting up there in age. Obviously, like these guys aren't going to do these movies forever. Um, that, was, that was really rude to a 54-year-old man. <laughs> Born in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's where Gavin Lux is from. Um, nice. It's, you know, at some point, you know, the the... The rubber meets the road and these guys move on. Like, is there a world though? Like, let's say, because the whole Hulk character, even in the Incredible Hulk movie we watched and all the way to this, like he's been dealing with this battle of trying to separate himself from Hulk. And is there a possibility that in this series or in the future, they finally accomplish that and separate Bruce Banner and Hulk? And I don't know how they'll do it because there's only one body, but like separate him have Mark Ruffalo get write him off, write Bruce Banner off, but then just have Hulk still be Hulk and have him just walking around doing Hulk things. That's what I would like. And that way Ruffalo can get out and, you know, he's made his money and he wants to move on, but you still have the Hulk character. Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, I, I highly, highly, highly doubt that they go that direction. I, again, it would be cool to see Hulk. I think we just got to accept that that character and the stories that we want to see with that character, we're just never going to get to see. As much as I like Tatiana Maslany in this, and I think there's potential in having that She-Hulk kind of witty character, I also liked like the the dumb barbarian, kind of like the better version of the original Thor that they were trying to write with Hulk and Ragnarok. Yeah. I like that. If you could have that with the super smart She-Hulk, it's wonderful. Yeah. That being said, they could be setting stuff up. Um, there was the Sakar Sakarian, Sakarin, whatever yep. the hell you say it, yep. the ship that caused the crash. Um, I saw one online theory that Hulk might have a child. Oh, Maybe think, he impregnated think, someone in Sicario. Maybe it's, he's the champion. They got they got bitches up to his room every night. It's been five years, six years, however long since he was in there. So, fuck yeah. Um, I don't know sick. what else. You know, there's obviously something there with the Hulk character that doesn't necessarily pertain to She-Hulk. I think. Um, so it'll be interesting. I I. If he goes back to space, maybe we get more of a Ragnarok version of Hulk if he does go back to space. And we actually get, like, a real planet Hulk. Yeah. Instead of, like, the very, very soft kind of but not really planet Hulk. One clip type thing of it. No, that'd be sick. See him just go full fucking ape shit. I, I hope so. I don't know. I'm really hope 
like hoping that that ship is setting up a storyline for Hulk and not She Hulk. I agree. I agree. Um, I I hope that we don't see that played out where she's the one who figures this out and it's you know handing over his story to her. Mm-hmm. I want them to have their individual stuff still. Yeah. So um, this article is few different characters that could be responsible for the Sakaar and ambush um, including the Grandmaster who's no doubt still nursing a grudge against Bruce Banner however most Marvel fans seem to believe that the character who's trying to make contact with Bruce is one who's never before seen in the MCU that character is none other than Scar S-K-A-A-R um, in the comics Scar is the son of Bruce Banner and Searia see I don't know Searia the old strong whom Bruce met during his time on Sakaar the two married each other when Bruce became the planet's king but Searia whatever later died after the Illuminati remotely detonated the shuttle blah 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 Hulk traveled back to Earth in order to exact his vengeance upon the Illuminati kicking off Marvel's World War Hulk storyline hmm that'd be pretty sick they don't have to do all that obviously but um it could be Scar and I mean looking at Every single one of the TV shows that seems like they've set up a younger version of an Avenger yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah. I, this one, obviously, we're getting another version of Hulk, but I wouldn't consider it like a younger Avenger version. Like, she's an adult. It's uh, next three phases while Ruffalo gets written off for his son. Yeah. <laughs> Ruffalo becomes Grandpa Hulk. And this guy just takes the place. And Yeah. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful we get to see some version of any Hulk-type character. Breaking shit. Marvel leakers have been claiming for a long time that Jennifer Walters won't be the only new Hulk-like character introduced in She-Hulk Attorney of Law. Now, this theory argues that She-Hulk will introduce none other than Bruce Banner, Sakarian son. So this is something that's been kind of theorized, leaked, whatever, for a while now. So I think, you know, that's potentially what we're going to get. Now, I don't know anything about the Scar character. Um, he looks pretty badass. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's good, if he's bad, if he's like an anti-hero. Or if he's like Hulk, where he's just like, hey, I want to smash some shit. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be sick. I'm very hopeful for that. Yeah. Uh, now, this episode was 40-some minutes long, 40-something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like that was longer than most people were expecting. Am I, am I wrong there? I was thinking um, we were going to get, like, 30 minutes sitcom. I think moving minutes. forward we will. I think just because you had a little yeah. bit of that origin. This, I think this episode is going to be so much different, not in terms of style and theme, but... So so different from the rest of the episodes. You know what I mean? You think so? I think it'll be more core Casey stuff. Um, Scar joined the Dark Avengers, so maybe we have him in Thunderbolts. And everyone thinks it's Abomination. Maybe it's Scar. You know what I mean? Maybe they go well, that direction. What are they going to do with Abomination? I don't know. Kill I'm intrigued. Him. I don't know. We'll see. Wong's training him. He is. He very much is. Um, thoughts on the CGI? It's not good, but... Mm, so bad. It's, it's really just, bad. It's really bad, and I think the character model for She-Hulk is off-putting because Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk look very different, where she has, like, the curly brown hair, and then She-Hulk has the long black hair. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost looks like two different people. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason it's so off-putting is that they've merged Banner into a green version of Mark <laughs> Ruffalo. Yeah. To where that's what you expect, but when you watch the older shit, like, they're individual things that look different. Yeah, But put side-by-side side by Ruffalo's Hulk in this, I think that makes it much worse. It's just tough because She-Hulk in the comics is very much more, like, human-like than Hulk. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, a million percent, yeah. But you almost have to go in, in this world of CGI where we're not quite there yet, I feel like. You almost have to go all the way in one way or another. You either have to go, even though, you know, a little bit of spoiler for our movie review, 
even though the CGI wasn't fantastic in The Incredible Hulk, mostly just because it was made 14 years ago, um, you almost have to go all in on that kind of more barbaric monster, less so than, you know, even like Ragnarok Hulk, you know, yeah, he's got human-like features, but he's still kind of, you know, Hulk features, and then you try to make it the actor's face, and that's when it becomes, like, an issue, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. So he I did, don't know. In Ragnarok, he did kind of start to transition to that Ruffalo-looking Hulk. I think more so than the than in the other stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But he already had, like, that hair and stuff. Like, that face was, like, the same face as, you know, like, Ultron Hulk, I'm pretty sure. So, but he still had, like, it was still different, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, definitely not Ruffalo Hulk, where it's Ruffalo painted green. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little different. It is, for sure. I don't know. I think I think just with the CGI issues and then with the different character designs for the same type of character, it makes it look that much worse to kind of compound on the CGI issues. Yeah. Um, it's just weird. I don't know what the solution is. I, I feel like they couldn't have made it look better. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Like, I, I can, I'm a shit on it. I definitely will shit on it, but I don't know what the answer is. You know what I mean? I... I don't get paid enough to figure that shit out. I don't know. But I'm with you. Because it doesn't look good. Who is that uh, blonde lady at the end? Do you know who that was? Blonde lady at the end, if we go to the IMDb, is uh, Tatiana. What? That's the actress. No. No, that's character name. The blonde girl that burst into the courthouse. Yeah, played by Jamila Jamil. Tatiana Caban. I'm on the... Tatiana? I'm on the um, Marvel fandom. Hmm. I know nothing about this character. Neither do I. Looks like she has something to do with cats. Tatiana Marvel. When I Google her, though, I don't see anything about, like, oh, She-Hulk episode one. It's all just about Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, that's an issue. She-Hulk. Villain? Blonde. Actress. Um, let's see here. I have no fucking clue. This is She-Hulk Wiki. She is the arch nemesis of She-Hulk. Is it that Tatiana character? Yeah. Wow. Uh, prematurely born in Denver, Colorado. I don't know why I need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she, she recovered well. Um, given the nickname Skeeter. <laughs> we know that name. We, we do know like name. What is this? Um, yeah, I don't know. Tatiana possesses superhuman strength and her ability and stamina after being exposed to alien technology. Her strength rivals even the toughest fighters such oh, as I was on a different character. Thor, and the it's thing. Titiana. It's Titiana, not Tatiana. Yeah, you might be right there. Yeah, I was looking at a completely different character that's something to do with cats. I was like, this doesn't look at all. Okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm T- on the same thing now. Titania, 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 that's my bad. That's the character, arch nemesis. First appeared in Secret Wars, uh, July 1984. Nice. Well, there's our antagonist for the show potentially. I have a feeling uh, it's going to be very much like when they're not being superheroes, like they don't like each other, like just the humans don't get along, and then like the supervert, like super. Hero version, super villain version, don't like each other. Got it. You know what I did like about this show? I liked the bad bitch energy. 
Fuck yeah, Jay. Like, no, like, I'm being serious. Like, you know, powerful, independent woman. And, like, you look at the MCU and it's like, you just killed off Black Widow. Dead. You just turned the fucking baddest bitch of them all evil and probably killed her. Dead. Wanda. Maybe. You got Florence Pugh, who's, like, cool, but a bad girl. Yeah. Bad. A villain. (laughs) (laughs) Kate Bishop was good, but Mm -hmm. she's not kind of, like, bad bitch energy. She was more kind of, like... I'm going to stumble my way into solving this. Yeah, like you got a, a strong. Same thing with Miss Marvel. Confident. Captain Marvel got some bad bitch energy. I'll give it a to her. Bit. Not quite as much as this, though. I like it. I this was just it confidence. This was like, I'm going to pick this up and I'm going to fucking handle it. Yeah. It frustrated Mark Ruffalo's uh, Hulk in this. How many Nicki Minaj songs do you think are in the soundtrack of the season? I just feel like this is Nicki Minaj. Did we get one? Allie. I don't know. I just. Doesn't this seem like the kind of series that would. Nicki Minaj or Doja or sure. Megan The Stallion. Yeah, definitely Megan The Stallion. That's what I was thinking. Like some Megan Nicki Stallion. came back. Song debuted number one on the top 40. What was it? I don't know. I haven't listened to it. I just saw, <laughs> saw a tweet she, that said congratulations. One, yeah. After she retired, had a kid or something, came back. Came back number one, baby. Wow, fuck yeah. Paved the way for all these other women rappers. You were going to you were gonna say a derogatory term there, weren't you? you no. You paused women and you said women. No. Okay, good. What, what derogatory term would I have said? I thought you were going to say bitches. No, <laughs> although they are bad bitches, they I don't are, think that's a. Yeah. Well, that, you have to put bad in front of it. <laughs> Riley doesn't like that though. That. I'm gonna be like, "Damn, Riley, you being a bad bitch," and she's like, "Don't call me bitch." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm sorry." It's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get into the Incredible Hulk? Ty, you got anything else on She Hulk? No, I mean, I I like what they were doing. I'm excited to watch it. Can't wait for Daredevil to show up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, there's more fun cameos and one-off episodes. I'm not gonna like rely on Ooh. cameos and be disappointed if I don't get them, but I'm hopeful. Maybe there is a character that was left open in the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And never came back in the MCU. Never to appear again. If you want to know who that character is, we'll talk about it in our review. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Scientist Bruce Banner, parentheses Edward Norton, desperately seeks a cure for the gamma radiation that contaminated his cells and turned him into the Hulk. Cut off from his true love, Betty Ross, and forced to hide from his nemesis, General Thunderbolt Ross, Banner soon comes face to face with a new threat, a supremely powerful enemy known as the Abomination. Yes. Released in 2008 or 9. 8, 2008. 2008. The second MCU movie. All the way back, and it's the least MCU movie of all the MCU movies. Oh, for sure. That was going to be my first thing, and you just totally took it from me. It was my first thing, and I capitalized on it. Um, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 70% audience score. Yeah, it's the most non-MCU MCU movie we've probably gotten 
up until Eternals. Eternals or maybe even Moon Knight to an extent. That's like not that. a movie. Well, like that's property. No, that's a hey, fuck you property. Um, it's not a fucking movie, moron. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck yourself, I don't know why I'm being so hostile to you. Um, yeah, it's the most non-MCU movie because obviously they're still finding their footing. Universal, you know, had their hands in this. It felt like a Universal type of movie. Yeah. Have you seen that meme going around Twitter where it's like, if Avengers Endgame or Avengers Infinity War was released in 2008 and it's just the um, Transformers New Divide song? Have you seen that meme? No. Oh, so it's a bunch of different movies and it's the, you know the New Divide? The what? Yeah, it's the Transformers done. song. Yeah, so it's, the meme is it's if this movie came out in 2008 and it's like the final 30 seconds just with New Divide um playing but it fits perfectly <laughs> like with the some of the movies. drops as the credit rolls and it fits perfectly like in in infinity war it's thanos you know sitting there and he like exhales and then as soon as the beat drops that's when it the the title card plays or whatever and it's just yeah. like it plays perfectly Love but that. this is that type of movie it doesn't have yeah no, new divide 100%. at the end um it totally could have if they ended if they ended with hulk opening his eyes when they turned green yeah and then had the the thunderbolt ross thing as a post credit which i thought i remember it being a post credit in the theaters but I could be wrong here. Um, what? Maybe it was. I don't know if they just re-edited it, like put it right there. But they totally could have put New Divide there. And right when he opened his eyes is when, yeah, the, when it the drops. Beat drops. Yeah. It'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> That's, I was literally singing it as I was watching the, like, the final <laughs> 15 seconds of this movie or whatever. Um, but it's it's very much kind of in that. I, I don't know if it's just the type, the the time, you know, the late 2000s, early 2010s before kind of like the Marvel movies, you know, superhero movies took over. Yeah. But it feels like a Transformers-y kind of movie, just the way it's shot and the coloring and everything, yeah. at least to me. No, I, a little bit. And I think it has, while it's a part of the new age Marvel and, and comic book movies mm-hmm. and like that universe, it feels very much like a early 2000s, late 90s type superhero movie. Yeah. To where there there's kind of that switch where like you can tell the new stuff from the old stuff. This feels like it was it's supposed to be in that time frame as opposed to It was the bridge, man. Uh, a million percent. It was the gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, and it's it's separate from Disney, well it wasn't even Disney, but like Marvel Studios MCU movies mm-hmm. where they kind of found their footing and figured out how to make those. This isn't that, and it's very apparent. Even like the little things. This is like I think of Transformers like the beginning of the movie, which I actually like how they don't go into the whole let's waste 20 minutes on giving Bruce gamma radiation and explaining that. Like it's just the everyone credits. Yeah. Credits. They yeah. made a Hulk movie like 2005 or whatever. Like we all know the story. Let's get into it. I like how they actually did that. But that whole like technology and it's like, you know, all the, the hacker stuff and it's like all the, the, the people's names, you know, just kind of those like yeah. tricks. Like a lot of the movies of that time, you, you go to Transformers, there's a bunch of that, like, you know, and it's like. It's just that that style of movie. Um, Disney owned Marvel Studios 2009, so this was, you know, for better or worse, the last pre-Disney movie. Now, Feige was still involved. I saw his name in the credits somewhere. Yeah. Um, But it didn't have that Disney kind of influence on it, whereas even, like, the Spider-Man movies obviously have that influence, even though it's Sony technically still, so. Yeah, for sure. It just, it feels so different. There's a lot of kind of, a lot of tropes, Mm -hmm. that you see in other movies where it's kind of like giving them their names through like news broadcasts and shit. Or the guy be like, it may turn you into some sort of abomination. Yeah. And like that kind of shit. Or like making fun of the costume where she hands, like tosses him the stretchy purple pants. Yeah. Yeah. Like that feels like, like fucking 2000s X-Men type shit. 
Yeah, so I was I'm looking into this right now. Sorry, a little yeah. bit of a turn again. Like so it's Universal has the distribution rights, right? Correct. Yeah. Because I'm reading this thing. It says the film rights to Hulk reverted to Marvel Studios um after the latter Universal Studios failed to enter production on a sequel to Ang Lee's two thousand three Hulk film, which is regarded as a terrible, terrible, terrible film. I liked it as a kid, but I'm sure if we rewatched it it would <laughs> Dog shit. Score half of this, which is pretty low. Yeah. Um, Universal, however, for letting the rights revert to Marvel before they expired, retains the right of first refusal to distribute future standalone Hulk films. Now, I I took a media law class, so I should know the answer to this, and I'm I'm not assuming you do. Could Disney make a Disney Plus Hulk movie because they don't have to distribute it if they wanted to? Well, is it a Disney Plus Hulk movie, or do they, like, She-Hulk... I've got to imagine falls under the Hulk umbrella the same way like Venom and all that shit falls under the Spider-Man umbrella. And they, rather than make a movie, have made a show. Like, I feel like they could have made a Hulk show or anything. I don't know about a movie. Because technically putting it on a streaming platform would... I mean, at the fucking time of release, there was no such... Like, the time that contract was written, there was Mm -hmm. no such thing as a streaming platform. Mm -hmm. But... Well, there was, like, TV movies, so I'm sure they... Yeah. I'm sure that's in there somewhere. Like you can't release a, a straight to TV straight to TV movie, you know. Probably. Which yeah. obviously why would they do that? But I'm just looking at all these like different things they've gotten throughout the years. Like so this is just all the, the properties they've gotten back um that they sold out. So they got Black Panther back in two thousand five from Columbia Pictures and Artisan Entertainment. They got Iron Man back in two thousand five, Thor, Black Widow, and Hulk two thousand six, Blade twenty twelve, Daredevil twenty twelve. 20th Century Fox owned it. Ghost Rider, they got back in 2013. So they've had Ghost Rider. Yeah. And they just haven't used him. That makes sense. The Punisher, 2013. Luke Cage, 2013. They obviously made shows about those. Namor, they got back from Universal Pictures in 2014. And there is a long description about this. All these other ones didn't have descriptions. This one. In 2012, Marvel COO Joe Quesada believed Namor's rights had reverted to Marvel, but Feige said in August 2013 that this was not so. However, Feige expanded in July 2014, saying that Marvel Studios, not Universal Pictures or Legendary Pictures, could make a Namor film. But it's slightly more complicated than that. Let's put it this way. There are entanglements that make it less easy. There are older contracts that still involve other parties that mean we need to work things out before we move forward on it, as opposed to an Iron Man or any of the Avengers or any other Marvel characters we could just put them in. In June 2016, Quesada again stated, to his knowledge, the film rights to Namor had returned to Marvel. In October 2018, Feige noted that the character could appear in the MCU with the studio still deciding how it would use the character. Mm. So there's a bunch of shit going on there. Uh, I think I think the reason for that is Namor is a mutant. Yeah. But he's not like X-Men. Yeah. So I think he falls under that Fox umbrella, but also mm-hmm. not. And I think that's why it got so complicated. Now here's a fun one. 2019, it's all the 20th Century Fox people. We don't have to talk about that. 2016, they got the rights to Ego the Living Planet back. 20th Century Fox owned the rights to that character. And they did an old trade. They did an old Al Michaels for Oswald the <laughs> Rabbit. You know that trade, right? Famous. Yeah. And 20, 20th Century Fox was able to change the powers. I don't know what this means, but change the powers of Negasonic Teenage Warhead for Deadpool by giving Marvel Studios the right to Ego the Living Planet, who first appears in the film Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So they gave them that character, you can do whatever you want with that character in Deadpool if we can have this planet for Guardians. This planet, this character for Guardians. I believe so. 
Now I fucking I'm, love me a blockbuster trade. I'm I'm trying to go to like they have the like the sources. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to go to that article. You're but trying to see who had it first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a web archive, archive, archive. This article's not even up anymore. It's a good title, Ryan. This is a very clickable title. As someone who's in the industry, it's oh fuck, it went away. Ryan Reynolds and Paul Wernick talk Deadpool sequel and the surprising link to Guardians Two. Oh, that's a clickable that's title. Clickbait. It's not clickbait, but it, no, like the the good kind of clickbait, the quality kind, <laughs> to where it like makes you want to click on Mega it. Mega Sonic Teenage Warhead. Now with Ego, the with the, the name, yeah, keep talking. I'm a little, do well, just research. with the name like Mega Sonic Teenage Warhead. Like what what else could her powers have been? <laughs> like she got to ex- you got to explode shit. Like that's got to be the power. So how much did they really cha- like change? I think Marvel won that trade. The character played by Brianna Hillebrand, blah, blah, blah. Director Tim Miller and screenwriters revealed during Deadpool's marketing campaign that they wanted the character to have powers more suited to her kick-ass name. Before, But why couldn't they? Before they could make that change, however, they had to ask permission from Disney's Marvel Studios. Mm. According to one of the screenwriters during a Q&A, Marvel gave the okay, but they in turn had to give something they explained. Kurt Russell's Ego's Living Planet in the new Guardians movie was a character that Fox swapped with Marvel to change her powers. Okay, so they changed her powers. That's what I'm saying. Like, she clearly had powers in the comics that were different from what we saw in Deadpool. So the comics, she has different powers, is what you just said. Sorry. Correct, yes. Okay. Um, a limited cache of psychic powers, may, mainly precognition which is the psychic phenomenon are seeing or otherwise being becoming directly aware of events in the future. Minor telepathy. Huh? So maybe what a shit name for those powers. I don't know why they couldn't change the powers. Maybe they technically, cause she's an X-Men, right? Yeah. So maybe they owned the rights to the character, but they didn't own the rights to tweak the character because technically Marvel still owned the character itself. I, maybe they owned the rights to use the character in a film, but not change, change said character. So um, then they got Ego back, which even though it first appeared in Thor, the planet's origins are linked to a Fantastic Four comic from 1981 and Fox owned Fantastic Four. I'm sorry. If you name someone Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and her powers don't involve exploding? There's a problem there. <laughs> Whoever wrote this character originally, kind kind of stupid. <laughs> don't say that about Stan Lee. Not, uh, no or chance, Steve Ditko. No chance it was one of them. That's uh, interesting, though. That That's interesting. Little tidbit for you that Grant I didn't know. Morrison. Frank Quietly. That kind of shit, like the trades and stuff, like... Someone's got to write a book about that. Maybe I've always said I want to write a book. Maybe that's my first book mm. is like blockbuster trades, the media trades you've never heard of yeah. or something like, you know how books Everyone always... knows about the sports trades. Here's the yeah. untold story of the media trades. That's my lead in. That's Fuck my epilogue. Yeah. You're right. Or my prologue. You're writing it. You're welcome. Um, but you know how book titles are always like two words, colon, and then a super long explanation yeah. of that. That would be an interesting book. And that'd be like academic. People could assign it to their college classes. So it keeps yeah. getting sales. It could be taught in media law class. Like, that could be assigned. <laughs> yeah. That's a cool, like, but that kind of shit interests me a lot. Like, like that in the Al Michaels trade. Like, yeah. when fucking, in hindsight, it would have been such a terrible trade. But when all the stuff with The Office was going on, I pitched that 
No, sorry. I it wasn't even the office. It was all the stuff with uh, Monday Night Football, how they couldn't find like a good announcer or anything. Yeah. I proposed that NBC trade Al Michaels back to ESPN for The Simpsons. That was my trade. Oh. Which The Simpsons are probably worth a lot more than Al Michaels. <laughs> Do you think they are now though? I think so because Al Michaels' contract just expired this last season. Now he's with oh. Amazon, so well, maybe it was ESPN like would have got three years of Al Michaels. But maybe it was like a trade in sign, like trade under the conditions <laughs> that he extends. Yeah, that could have been because the Simpsons makes so much sense for NBC because they already have the fucking land at Universal. So Universal's paying fucking Disney money for that property yeah. now. Like they're just cutting checks straight to Disney. And Disney, whenever the, the contract expires, which, you know, it's not public knowledge, Disney has the ability to be like, yeah, no, we don't want you using Simpsons in your theme parks anymore, which would be and a big... They, they just got to tear it down. They do. But, or they could just be like, yeah, Simpsons isn't really like Disney anyway. So, yeah, you just keep giving us millions of dollars for nothing. That's fucking crazy. So... You should write a book. I want to write a book. It's on my bucket list. Maybe like I, you know, writing for the NBA Lakers and stuff during like trade season. There's always like proposed trades. Maybe I'll just come up with a bunch of proposed media trades too. You should. That'd be a great article. I'd read that article. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. We'll see. Do you want to get into Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. Sorry. <laughs> we um, started. I don't remember where we left off. That's the best parts of Within the Lines, though, is when we go <laughs> off on tangents. So, like you said, this film is the most non-Marvel Marvel movie. It's kind of. Uh, a time capsule of a young, an older generation of films that lives inside of the MCU. A generation I'm not sure I liked. Um, I'm a, do you mind if I go out of order on the scale? Or does that mess but, with the integrity? Okay, I know. I was thinking the other day. I've, I know I've put people some people onto the podcast, and it's fairly self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. But let's just, just for the, the newer listeners who maybe haven't been here as long, explain the scale to me here real quick, Jay. The scale in its... Is it essence? Just give me what the scale is. Give me how we break down movies. We always hype it up so much, and then people are stuck listening, wondering why it works so well. Okay, so there's, you know, people look at things like Rotten Tomato score and everything as like the, the uh, end all at be all of like how good a movie is. But yeah. the problem with the Rotten Tomato score is it's either yes or no. Mm. So y- we've talked about it before. Sometimes there's mediocre movies that aren't bad aren't rotten but they're not great but they'll get a 90 percent just because it's like oh it's hard to hate this movie the scale is made to um get a better representation of how good films are yeah so we we comprehensively break down films into five different categories that we decided years ago now were uh kind of the key five pillars of every film every great movie um and there's you know the scales out of 100 each category is out of 20 you know yeah to to get to the 100 score um, there's plot slash story, which is obviously the plot of the movie, yep. visual cinematography, things like CGI, music, fight scenes, choreograph, you know, stuff of that nature. One um, shots. Fucking love me some one shots. <laughs> one shots. Uh, key elements, which is just what the movie is trying to be, kind of the genre it falls in, whether it's a comedy, a, a, an action film. How funny a of a horror. comedy it is, how good the action is in an action movie. Yep. Characters. I mean, that one's pretty self-explanatory. It's not only the actors, but the the character arcs and stuff of that nature. Um, and then fifth and finally, just enjoyment. How yeah. much did you enjoy this film? Something could be a 20 out of 20 on all four categories, but it might have been a little bit boring, so you might not give it a 20. Now, You're not Ty- going to recommend that to somebody. Yeah. Now, Tyler used to give either 20s or 1s back in the day. because he, he That turned into a Rotten Tomatoes where it was You took yes the Rotten no. Tomatoes approach. You did. <laughs> I've uh, since evolved. My favorite ever was you were like, yeah, Joker's really good, but it made me, made me a little eerie, so I'll give it an 18 out of 20. Yeah. <laughs> like, <that> was, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Um, so that's the five categories. We add them up and then we tally our average score. Love that. Thank you. 
Now, I'm going to go out of order. Usually we go in the order I just presented, yeah. plot, story, Maybe visuals, a bad time to explain the scale when we do enjoyments. it. Completely different. Um, well, I just want to start on characters here. Talk to me. So, my question for you, Ty, and because I feel like this is the biggest conversation with the film, is what? how do you feel about Edward Norton as Bruce Banner slash The Hulk compared to Mark Ruffalo? I think Ruffalo would have been bad in this movie. Yes. I think Norton would have been bad in the Avengers and moving forward. Okay. I I don't think I think they're two different portrayals of Bruce Banner and this character, and I don't think you can interchange them. I don't think yeah. Edward Norton plays a good Bruce Banner. Okay, well with my the question then becomes stuff. is like which version would you prefer? Obviously Edward Norton would feel a little bit out of place in the MCU, but they still could have done you know, the more battle scarred whatever kind of what, what which just which version do you prefer as a as a viewer i i think that from kind of day one i've never really loved ruffalo's portrayal okay and that's not to say that i like norton's i think ruffalo's just okay and he works as a side background character mm-hmm. because everyone just gives a fuck about the hulk anyways yeah yeah and i think you know he's fine and he's good in his moments mm-hmm. but i don't think he blows me away with that being said, I prefer him over Norton in the MCU. I probably tend to agree. Um, I think Ruffalo's a decent Bruce Banner, which obviously is half of the fucking job, and you're not really doing any acting when you're Hulk. But I feel like the Bruce Banner we've gotten is kind of base level, and I kind of maybe would have preferred a more... And now, again, I haven't read all the fucking Hulk comics, so like I'm, I'm speaking out of ignorance here, but like I would have liked maybe a more like disgruntled, you know, PTSD kind of style Hulk that we saw in this Ed Norton kind of a more a brash. Now this Ed Norton doesn't seem as smart as, you know, the Mark Ruffalo character, even though he has yeah. his moments where he does smart things. Um, they yeah. leaned more into like the, the IQ of Bruce Banner in these, in the, you know, later, later iterations of yeah. the character. So you don't get the vibe that he's a science nerd. No, not at all. Yeah. Which I don't know what I prefer, you know? I, I think in the comics, he's supposed to very much be a fucking super big nerd. Yeah. So that works, but I also think a man on the run kind of thing story that they're telling here, Norton's portrayal works for that type of character. Yeah. Can you imagine Ruffalo trying to be like man on the run? You no, know what I mean? Exactly. I, I It's very, very different Bruce Banners that we see in the MCU. Okay. Well, since we're already here, um, the rest of the characters, Thunderbolt Ross, kind of generic. I, I mean, there's nothing special to him. Tim Roth, whatever his name is in the in the film, yeah. Abomination. Obviously, I don't remember what his uh, human name is. I don't really like that character. Really, very base level. I'm a badass assassin who just wants to be a badass and then gets you know the Hulk shit in him. Like, I I I just don't like the handling of it. I guess. Um, I don't know. It was interesting to me how. When he was a human, he was literally fucking... Now, I understand Hulk gets stronger the more he's out, pretty much. That's kind of what they've established in the MCU, you know what I mean? But, like, he went toe-to-toe with the fucking Hulk as a human. And then when he turns to Abomination, he just gets fucking wrecked. As a human? At the school? Yeah, he was fucking, like, punching Super soldier. Had, like, two doses of super soldier serum. Okay, but if he does that, he should be able to at least, you know... Be better as abomination. Hmm. 
Now, is that Super Soldier Serum? Is that exact? Is that what that was? They quote unquote said it was a version of Super okay. Soldier Serum. I didn't hear that. Then I didn't know if they just gave him like a little bit of gamma. That's what I thought they did. <laughs> I think it, it's a little bit of Super Soldier Serum, and then the gamma radiations what compounds with that to turn him into a conscious Hulk, essentially with Abomination. In theory, Abomination should be a much bigger badass. Now, this was the the problem of they needed a Hulk villain. And Abomination's kind of like the most iconic Hulk villain. So they just kind of like one and done him. Even though he's coming back now in She-Hulk. Yeah. But they kind of just one and done him. He was, Abomination itself was on the screen for 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Badass character design and, and like monster type thing yeah. in this film. I will and now say he that. looks more like a fish. A little bit. <laughs> he's got the fins coming off the yeah. head. Yeah. It's a problem. Um, yeah, I I never gave my score. What was it? I also didn't like the love angle, which I guess goes into other things, but I thought the girl was fine. Okay. She reminded me of, like, I think they tried getting Anne Hathaway for this film. She seemed like discount Anne Hathaway to me. Yeah, Liv Tyler. Um, known for things such as... I think she's in Lord of the Rings and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh um, also Pat Burrell's in this, who's in Modern Family, the yeah. greatest show of all time, even though he doesn't really do much. If I would have um, asked you before this if you thought he was in the MCU at any point. I would have known. What does that mean? I knew. I already knew. Did you? Yeah, because one time I was actually uh, going to do a trivia time with Tyler of like actors you didn't know were in the MCU. And he was one of them. Um, oh, okay. But it never it never reached past the planning floor. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> like a true or false, this person has yeah. appeared in the MCU. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. Test my knowledge. Or it was, it, I think it was going to be more multiple choice, like three options, uh, okay. which of these actors appeared in the MCU or some. I would have figured out a way, but yeah. he was one of the ones I knew because of that. All in all, I gave this a nine for characters. Okay. Um, Give it an eight. One point lower. Okay. I fucking hated the love interest. Yeah. Liv, Liv Tyler. I think that was her name that I mm-hmm. settled yep. on. Not good. Not no. good in this film. Very awkward, like a whisper talk every <laughs> time she talked. And, like, the chemistry just wasn't fucking there. No. Was not vibing them together. And a cheating whore. <laughs> very much like I... The guy from Modern oh, Family seems like a good dude. Yeah. She's very simp. much... He's a big simp. Yeah, he's simping for her. Yeah. He's like, oh, he protected her. And, like, yeah, little do you know his big green dick's about to go in her. Because they had sex. It was implied. Yeah. She's very much in a relationship. <laughs> now, not cool. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the whole the way they've handled the whole character seems like it's been different. Like, I don't know. Like, Hulk obviously had a thing for her, but why did Hulk have a fucking thing for her? I know, like, yeah, Bruce Banner's still in there, but then, like, we get the other versions, like, like Hulk on Ragnarok, where I guess maybe just, I guess they actually did say in that film that Hulk took more control. So, never mind. I, I know guess you I said it her. always felt like I had one hand on the wheel. And he took the whole fucking car or whatever. Yeah. Kicked me out of the car. He was locked in the trunk think something like okay that. i guess i answered my question yeah because even with um like black widow and the other portrayal like yeah. they've that's always been consistent like his love interest is what can tame the beast speaking of black widow the character that was left open in this film that has never been brought back was uh blue what was his name spencer something fuck i had that pulled up dude i don't samuel know. samuel stearns Samuel yeah. Stearns, who I looked it up, like, I think off camera, uh, Black Widow got Samuel Stearns and locked him up somewhere. I think they said that somewhere because that's what it said in the MCU wiki. Um, Samuel Stearns in the comics is one of Hulk's, like, arch nemesis. He turns into um, 
the leader. Um, we obviously get the scene where he he cuts his head open, the 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 blood drops into his cut, or yeah, the blood, and he starts smiling, and he looks all fucking creepy. Um, yeah, and they just never Real brought him dude. back. Now, they still can. They never officially wrote him off, and they brought Abomination back. What's the percentage chance he shows up in She-Hulk? I I have to guess fairly high. You think so? I I do. Okay. I think with them bring this being their uh, Tim Roth and Abomination coming back and this being like the Hulk property, it feels like something that they set up that long ago. Like, even if it's one fucking court case Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he's a part of it, I think we see him at some point. Again, I'm not like, like, I'm not going to be disappointed if we don't. I'm not going to sit here and hope that this show is nothing but cameos. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do feel like if there was ever a point to wrap up that loose end, this would be a good point in time to just kind of bring him back, whether it is for something fairly minimal and, and non-consequential. I think so. I never gave my score, by the way, also. Yeah, you did. Eight. Did I? Yeah. Maybe I rattled it off at the beginning. Hated the fucking love interest. Um, you already said all this. No, she was terrible. I had another note, though, and I'm <laughs> trying to remember. Um, everything you've said in the last five minutes. <laughs> no. Uh, Stan Lee cameo. Forgot about those. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. When I was a kid, so fun fact about this movie, I didn't remember anything about it because I saw it in theaters with my dad and haven't watched it since. I, I think I haven't watched it again since 2008 either. Um, I thought that they were leaving something open with Stan Lee. Like, I remember, like, that was my theory because that's, that's what got me into Marvel is, like, watching the YouTube videos of like Iron Man, like Captain America shield or whatever Iron Man it was where the Captain America shield was. And like watching the theory yeah. videos, the shit we still do. And we talk about on this fucking <laughs> podcast. Um, but that was my theory. I didn't really, I didn't know that was Stan Lee back then. Cause yeah. I just didn't know. I'm like, that guy's going to be someone. Okay. No, he was dead. I super appreciated the Lou Ferrigno cameo as well. He was the police guy, right? The, yeah. the security, security guard. guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like him being in there and like them doing extended, kind of cameo with you know, a former still voiced Hulk? the Hulk like in Ragnarok and stuff really yeah I looked it up because I was looking up the MCU Hulk and it said voiced Lou whatever his last name is from 2008 to 2017 2017 is when Ragnarok came out I believe yeah so I wonder if they used like snippets from the old show and like changed it and gave him voice acting credit for it maybe type thing like the the fucking Hulk like roar I guess yeah. If that's like snippets of different versions of the character that they've used. It's fucking yoked. Just the largest human being. <laughs> to play the Hulk practically Back on in screen? like the 80s or whenever. Yeah. yeah. You got to be fucking jacked, dude. <laughs> um, just want to touch real quick before we go into other things. The leader, the character I mentioned, um, it was in a, there was a tie-in comics in 2012 before the Avengers came out called Avengers Prelude Fury's Big Week. It, aren't they doing something about that? Fury's Big Week? Was that What If? I think it was something with What If, yeah. Fury's Anyways. Big Week is supposed to be like Iron Man, Thor, Incredible, like all of it. Gotcha. Um, Stearns is seen undergoing a rapid head mutation just as he's discovered by Natasha Romanoff, who stumbles upon him immediately after the Hulk has escaped um, through the brain power, blah, blah, blah. But pretty much she captures him. She shoots him in the leg. When he attempts to bribe her by offering to help her return to her home, and he's taken to shield custody, so he's still around. He's just been chilling in jail this entire, just like Abomination, fourteen, fifteen years now. Which I love Abomination. Like Hulk beat it. Like he didn't even kill him. He just choked him a little bit. Abomination could have got back up from that. Yeah, 
And then he just, like, throws them to the humans. Like, oh, the humans will be able to handle this fucking monster now. They have no way of stopping me, but this dude who's, like, two feet taller than me and smarter. Got choked a little bit. Not choked out, just choked a little bit. Yeah. He's done. He's out for the count. Abomination, not a BDSM guy. (laughs) Plot slash story, Ty. What'd you give it? Plot slash story, I am sitting at a... I'll do nine. Okay. I think I think I was out of ten, but I, I'll do nine. I think the whole guy on the run thing it kind of works, but it kind of is is plain. They're just trying to capture. There's him. nothing to it here. Yeah, there's, there's the love interest that like they rekindle vanilla but generic. Exactly the the fucking Tim Roth villain who wants to fucking get stronger and stronger and be the big bad. Like that's kind of yeah. it. There's no depth here to the story. It's just a very baseline story with Hulk. You could this could have been a non Hulk movie. He could have just been an assassin on the run, and it's the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. Um, super sol- Like a non-MCU super soldier assassin, and the other guy then just fucking tries to take more and more of that serum until he gets crazy. And Yeah. I kind of... I mean, no serum, but real like the Gray Man vibes where the other guy just kind of goes crazy yeah, and just I was tries thinking to that. the other guy. I was literally thinking that. Yeah. And I gave this one point higher than the Gray Man. Maybe I should have gave it the same. I gave this an 8 out of 20. <laughs> I gave this one point higher than the Gray Man 2, to my defense. <laughs> um... Yeah, and it's just, like, it, it's very vanilla, and then there's some, like, just leaps in logic, the yeah. whole abomination thing we just touched on. And it, it's a lot of, like, they left some stuff open, and then it kind of just got pushed to the back burner for whatever reason. I fucking love the shot when they're at the college campus, and General Ross, like, pulls up, and he's like, where's my blank? And then you just see him hit a ramp behind a bush and jump and fall in, and then he's like, Where's the and then it happens again and then it, it literally it happens three times. I think it's the fifty cows, the sound guns, and then it's where's the fucking gunner, and then you cut to the helicopter flying in right as he says it. Yeah, happens on three different events in that scene. Yeah, and it cracks me up. <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, it's 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 very mid two thousands action movie tropey tie. A hundred percent. This movie was, it felt like this movie was written five years before it was actually put to screen. <laughs> this is an 03 movie, not an 08. Yeah. They just had to wait for CGI to catch up to make a decent looking Hulk. Because the original Hulk, well, the, the oh, not the original, but what is it, 2002 Hulk? Mm-hmm. Looks like dog shit. Looks real rubbery. Yeah. This one looks better. Yeah. Speaking of which, cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Give, it, give it to me, Ty. What'd you give it? Um, so before I go into anything, there was more green beverages in this movie than I've ever <laughs> seen in any film ever. Yeah, you're not wrong. Just the fucking soda shop thing. Everything's green to look like Gamma. And then when Ross is sitting at the bar, he's drinking some green-colored fucking alcohol thing. Uh, I think there was one other one, too. So, much, so many green beverages. Yeah. yeah I- Great use of color. I gave it a 13. Really? You liked the color in this? No, it was a joke about the green thing. 13. It looked fine. Oh, you gave I, it a 13. Okay. I think the CGI, it doesn't look good now. I think at the time it looked pretty good. I'm I'm inclined to agree. I gave this an 11. I gave it two points lower okay. than you. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look great now, but uh, like you said, it's 2008 film. It looks, you know, I'm sure for the time it looked great. Um, And, like, it wasn't even, like, egregious necessarily like there's movies that come out now that look more egregious than this it was just kind of like yeah. not as realistic the only agree- I, think, I think she she hulk looks worse than this whole <laughs> the only egregious part that i thought was when he was which is something a weird part of the movie going back to the plot story when he gets the 
the antidote put in his body, and then it's like he's cu- he's cured a Hulk, but then it's like, oh no, he's not. Yeah, I didn't get that. And they never explain like why. <laughs> it was like he just overcame his cure. <laughs> um. Anyways, um. Yeah, the only part though that looked egregious was when they were doing that. Um. Perform uh, not uh, experiment whatever, yeah. and it was Ed Norton and Hulk kind of like there was that spectrum, which is where we get into She Hulk, where mm-hmm. it's like that in between phase where it looks dog shit. Now I will say in Avengers: Infinity War, you have shots of Mark Ruffalo trying to turn into Hulk and like half Hulk, half Ruffalo, still looks like dog shit. So they haven't figured it out. No, they haven't. Um, but besides that, it wasn't egregious. What I didn't really like though, like I mean, I'm obviously not going to give it a high score, just like oh, 2008 looked good. What I didn't like about this film, and I again, I think it's the Transformers, fucking Jason Bourne, whatever type of filmmaking at the time, is like the fucking colors. I just, I did not like the colors. It was very like gray and brown, yeah. and like it doesn't have to be the colorful Ragnarok. I know people shit on Marvel because it's like, oh, look at the colors, you know, like. You could do non-colors. You could do the fucking Batman. I'm not expecting this to be the Batman. Um, and and have it look good. This was just like... Dull. A dull just yeah. slop. Like, I know there's a website. I don't remember the name of the website where, like, you type a movie and it gives you the color palette. The color palette for this movie is probably throw up. <laughs> like, it just... It's probably like a greenish brown, for sure. It just didn't look good. Like dead grass. It's literally called moviepalette.com. <laughs> nice. Um, like d- dead grass is exactly what I'm visualizing here. Let's see. Oh, this is actually cool. You actually buy it. It's fucking, uh, it's like a poster, not a poster, but like a, a wall decor. And in of their, their colors. Yeah. In their little like header of the picture, there's a fucking Dawson that looks just like Maurice. Um, yeah. let's see if they have incredible Hulk. Oh yeah. The incredible Hulk 2008 Ty. It looks fucking, it looks like a rug that you'd see at fucking, Pottery Barn. I don't know. Pottery Barn doesn't sell rugs, I don't think. It's real. I will say there's more blue than I expected. I think they're wrong. <laughs> like, they fucked this rug up. It's just like, ugh. You know what I mean? I didn't like yeah. it, though. And, like, just too dark. Couldn't see certain things. And, like, real gritty. And I don't know if it was, like, what this was filmed on. Like, if this was, like, one of the last ages of, you know, obviously the cameras have gotten way better and everything. But it was really, like almost grainy and just kind of like didn't like it man didn't mm-hmm. like it that's fair i i can't i don't disagree my my use of color like comment was very much a joke about all the green drinks um it was a very dull palette there isn't a lot of excitement the one scene where he's in the cave that's kind of cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah like the rain pouring yeah. down on him and him yelling at thunder like that that kind of looked fucking cool i kind of like that especially for the time yeah it was probably yeah. badass um, you know who helped produce this? Kevin Feige. Our guy, A.V. Arad. Oh. Also helped produce Iron Man. I think he's very integral into a lot of comic book shit. I think he just gets a lot of the heat for Spider-Man. Well, everything besides fucking... It's kind of been bad, honestly. Um, well, no, he did the original wow. Spider-Man. You just, you just said Iron Man. Iron Man 1's fantastic. I said, well, I meant besides that. Oh. It's a great film. Key Elements tie. This is weird because it's not it's a non-Marvel Marvel movie, but this was before Marvel was Marvel. You know what I mean? Yeah, so how much it's not can you like, they were still figuring out what they were still figuring out what this category is. Iron Man 1 isn't really that Marvel of a Marvel movie at all. He has sex in that. This is Disney. No one has sex in the MCU. They said anymore. suicide in this movie. 
they? Yeah. No, sorry. Riley was watching Toy Story 2. They said suicide in Toy Story oh, 2. Oh, shit. Do they? Yeah. T- suicide actually isn't that bad to say in a comic book movie. Suicide in Toy Story 2. Yeah. was shocking. Um, <laughs> I was just Disney. That's And that's why I was like, oh, my God, they did in this type of movie? But no, just Toy Story 2, the, the children's movie. <laughs> yeah. I gave this a 10. I just kind of didn't really know what to give this because it's like they didn't. there was no Marvel. They wanted to make like a man on the run action movie. Like I thought the Hulk action, I wanted more of it. Like some of it was good. A lot of it was good. Some of it was bad. I didn't like the part when Abomination's fighting Hulk and they're just on the wall and they're like staring at each other and they're just like doing this for like literally 10 seconds, like not moving. Yeah. It's like great action scene. Just (laughs) riveting. Just two superhumans. Now I say that. Struggling. I say that and like it's just them struggling. But if you give me a fucking Star Wars scene of two guys with lightsabers just fucking trying to force through it and, like, it just sitting there, that's exciting. That's more exciting than just holding like yeah. that. Although Ab- Abomination did, like, stab him with his fucking chest, whatever it was. Just random horn pointing out of his body. Which is pretty cool. It is. I gave it a little bit higher than you. I'm at a 13. Okay. Um, I think, I, in a, like, I, I'm kind of grading this on a early 2000s scale <laughs> yeah. on what those comic book yeah. movies were. And I think based on those, you get the early character reveal of this is the superhero, this is the powers, and the setup for the villain. You get the second showdown between the the hero and the villain, and then you get the big final battle that destroys half the fucking city. Yeah. And I think they have all of that. There's action throughout. The love interest is there. It's awful. And so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna give it any points for that. I'm taking away from that. But I think for that genre of comic book movie back then. Like, there's, there's action in it. It's not dreadfully boring, and I think that's all it kind of needs to be. There's leaps in logic. That's fine. Yeah. It's not a huge deal, and I, I, it's okay. It's crazy to see, like, a movie like this, how rooted in reality it is. Like, because the MCU's grown and grown and grown, and it's like, yeah. he's working at a fucking bottling plant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's not, there's not that realism. Even a more realistic series like Miss Marvel or, you know, even She-Hulk, where she's a fucking... Uh, an attorney yeah. the fucking titiana character busts through the fucking thing yeah and it's that that's like another tuesday in the mcu imagine living in the mcu <laughs> like what if if we believe in infinite universes maybe this is a fucking universe where all this shit is happening yeah it's like fuck specifically like new york in the mcu <laughs> yeah because that that city just gets fucked relentlessly they should do like a a limited like how they're doing the animated spider-man show for disney plus they should do like a where peter parker was when all this crazy shit happened because they have the whole he was the kid that got pulled away or whatever in iron man 2 or whatever iron man it was or maybe it was avengers was it avengers or iron man 2 i don't know it's a kid with the iron man mask yeah Yeah. but like each event that's happened in new york kind of how they went back on the kate bishop thing with the battle of watching hawkeye have it be like oh when hulk went abomination peter parker was seven and was doing this you know what i mean yeah That'd be a fun little mini series. I'd watch it. They're doing Spider-Man freshman year, so we might get to see a yeah, little bit of that. Yeah, the Disney stuff. So. But I need like Spider-Man fourth grade <laughs> to see all of it. <laughs> oh man, um, do you think we're gonna get a little bit of an origin? Are we gonna get MCU Peter Parker's origin in I don't freshman know, year? Man, because the whole thing is like being bit by a spider from Oscorp. T- usually, mm-hmm. there's and no Oscorp. There's no Oscorp, but he's very aware of an o- like. Now he knows of a Green Goblin from a different universe. Well, he did in his freshman year. 
I thought this was going back well, in time. Well, that's what I'm saying, but like in No Way Home, he's never like, oh, you're like that other guy who works at this building where I got my powers. No, there was literally the line. Osborne said Oscorp doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, they can figure something out. I guess in the Raimi Spider-Mans, it's just like a random-ass spider, right? Yeah, don't they go to like a museum or some yeah, shit? Yeah, it's a field trip. I don't remember. Uh, enjoyment. This movie's a little boring. <laughs> I like the whole fight scenes. I do. But it was a little boring. I gave it a 12. I still like Hulk too much to give it lower than a 12. But it's, 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 I like the slop and it's, it's just, it's, it's like the fucking Transformers movies. Those movies are boring. If you go back and rewatch them, they really are. I think so. I tried rewatching. Number two was my favorite. I tried rewatching within like the last three years. I was like, I got to turn this off. It's been years since I've watched it. It's like there's big highs with the CGI and stuff, but then they have no substance in between. And it's just fucking boring. And it's a whole bunch of nothing. And you're just waiting for the big CGI fight. Fuck. Okay. I'll give it a 12. Try. What'd you give it? Um, Yeah, again, I like Marvel Slop. I like Marvel and what they do. I think there's a reason that this is very, very, very commonly regarded as the worst MCU movie. Nope. Thor The Dark World. The second worst MCU movie. And I think that's because it is boring and it isn't as exciting and nonstop slop as you would expect from all the other movies. I gave it an 8. I think it's a below average wow, lower than me. excitement okay. movie for me. I think it just kind of is what it is. You get a couple action scenes. It feels like it's, you know, from mm. another era. Yeah. And it's fine. It It is what it is. I don't think it's a dog shit movie, but the score is not good. And it's it's bottom barrel MCU. I like this article from Pace Magazine. Okay. They ranked every movie. Coming in at number 29. This was released in July. Eternals. Dog shit article. What a dog shit article. <laughs> Second to worst is Incredible Hulk. There's actually um. So there's where do they have Thor: The Dark World at third? Uh, I was like, no, they had Iron Man two. Oh, Iron Man two is a fun watch. So Iron Man two gets way too much hate. I'll say it. It's been so long since I've seen it. Um. So there is a fan site. It has like a Marvel superhero website or whatever. Guy who writes for it, um, Irish fella named Michael Patterson. Met him in Orlando. He's a great guy. Uh, we talked a lot of comic books. He was probably annoyed by me because that's all he writes about all day, and I just kept like, yeah. Anyways, he has an article that he always upstate, <laughs> updates on his site, ranking all the MCU movies. He just keeps it. He ranks Iron Man 2 dead last. That's underrated. I don't think it's good, but I think it's underrated. Second to last, Incredible Hulk. Okay. Thor The Dark World 27. He has Eternals at 26, Ty. That movie gets that movie gets too much shit. Guardians two twenty five, Captain Marvel twenty four, no. Avengers Age of Ultron twenty three, Ant Man twenty two, Ant Man and the Wasp twenty one. Not above the first. <laughs> Doctor Strange twenty, Multiverse of Madness nineteen, Iron Man eighteen, Iron Man three seventeen. This is the one I gave him shit for. It's like you cannot tell me Iron Man three is better than Iron Man one. No. He also I'm I'm noticing he's doing some grouping. He's getting caught grouping there. That's two Iron Mans in a row. Two Doctor Strange two Doctor Strange in a row. And then what was the other one? There's another one that he had two in a row. No, I think it was just those two. Iron Man, Doctor Strange. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Oh, what are you what are you saying? What are you accusing him of? I think he's just grouping movies together. I think you got to be more thorough with your ranking. Number 16, Spider-Man Homecoming. Is number 17 Spider-Man Far From Home? No, number 17 was Iron Man 3. Whatever, it's the next one. Number 15, Guardians. Okay. Number 14, The First Thor. Way too high. Number 13, Black Widow. Fucking dog shit movie number 12 thor love and thunder 
I don't agree with the rest of his rankings, but that's probably a, a fair spot. I don't know where yeah. I have Thor in mind. Number 11, Black Panther. I have it around there. He has Civil War 10th. The Avengers 9th. Far From Home 8th. Shang-Chi 7th. Ragnarok 6th. No Way Home 5th. We're just going through this whole article. I wasn't actually yeah. planning to do this. Winter Soldier 4th. Infinity War 3rd. Mm. Endgame 2nd. That's wrong. Flip those. And whatever one is is also wrong now. And his favorite MCU movie. Guardians 1. Captain America, the first Avenger. I just, I can't stand by and just let this happen. You have contact information? I do. But he writes eloquently. He really sells it. I mean, he would be a great salesman because I would buy a piece of shit 05 like bucket from him if he can convince you that Captain America the First Avenger is to even first. refer to Captain America the First Avenger as a class act still wouldn't encompass just how wonderful a picture it truly was nah. hidden in the midst of louder phase one films and outshined by its espionage themed sequels it's often unfairly overlooked when fans recall their favorite MCU movies but the fact of the matter is that this might be the most important of them all at its heart the First Avenger is the story of Steve Rogers a man who long before he ever becomes a revolutionary super soldier exhibits qualities of the world's greatest superhero and a bunch of other stuff. A period piece. The film is essentially a war film, and that's something that sets it apart from every other Marvel film, as it uses that hopeless setting in order to highlight how one man inspired a generation with just that hope. And a bunch of other stuff. I mean, it all sounds elegant. That's a that's a middle of the road movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. There's minimum fifteen better films. Never in the seen MCU. it. I've never seen that. Never seen. Um, You'd agree with me. Just based on you how you, your opinions are on other movies, you'd agree with me. How, how much we talk MCU, how much I love MCU. I haven't seen three MCU movies, Captain America 1 and 2, and Ant-Man And again, one. 2 is regarded as like a fucking banger of a movie. I need to watch them. You do. I've watched all of them multiple times. I'm not a fraud. I think you're bordering on fraud here. <laughs> I'll watch them. Okay. The thing is, like, I know what happens in Captain America 1. Tell me. Explain the plot. Well, he's a weak little boy. Yep. And they have the super thing, program, whatever. Okay, yeah. And I know he gets the serum for whatever reason. Don't know why. Mm, okay. Because his character? Yeah. Passes a character test. Mm. Fails all the physicals. Don't really know who Red Skull is. I'll be honest. I know he's going after the Tesseract. Adolf Hitler. It's not Hitler, is it? No, but he's some Nazi. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I know he gets shot into the unknown, the Red Skull, on the ship. Doesn't the, the Tesseract just, like, shoot him into space? Oh. It, I mean, that's sure. That's canon. I get. He just gets burned alive. Very clearly, and then he crashes into an iceberg. Just the Arctic Ocean. Yeah, that's all I know. Okay. Bucky dies in there. Oh supposedly. yeah. See, that's why Bucky never had a big emotional appeal to me. Like when I watched Civil yeah. War, I was like, I don't really know who this guy is. <laughs> just his best friend growing up, protected him, was already in the army because he was like jacked, and then falls out of a train. And he's the bad guy number two, right? He is the Winter Soldier in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Duh, no shit. I need to watch him. Great films. What did you give uh, Incredible Hulk, well, I need to apologize. One allows two to be a great film. Okay. One Got is it. there strictly as a fundamental building block for two to succeed. Got it. What did you ask? The, what question was it? What did you give uh, The Incredible Hulk? Incredible Hulk, I gave an incredible 51 out of 100 <laughs> to. I gave it a dead smack even 50. Right you, in the middle of the road. What were you lower on than me? I thought my score was going to be lower than yours. No, I was lower on just about everything except enjoyment. I was four lower on enjoyment, though. Yeah. And I was lower in literally every other category by one or two. Okay. 
The Incredible Hulk finishes with a aggregate score of 50.5, ranking it 125th out of 145 films. Um, not good. <laughs> Ties with Ghostbusters Afterlife. I, I was exciting last week to say 142nd out of everything. I said that's easily the lowest I've ever like placed something as we reviewed it. Yep. If not for that film, I think The Incredible Hulk would take that honor at 125th. No, because Firestarter is there, and we recently reviewed that. You're probably right. There's Morbius. Yeah. I don't know. You have to go back and listen. Fuck. Look, it's worth the rewatch just, like, if you want to catch up on the leader if he comes back, or just leader if he comes back in She-Hulk. Um, it's worth the rewatch. Honestly... And this is coming from someone who hasn't seen three MCU movies. Like, if you're binging the whole MCU just to, like, catch up, let's say mm-hmm. you're one of these people who, like, I want to get into it, but I'm so behind, you probably don't need to see Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, you can just, skip it. As long as you know who Hulk is, like, hey, he's this dude, genius, gets gamma radiation, just jump right in in Avengers when you have Bruce Banner. That's they, don't, they don't carry over any of the villains. The love intro, well, until now. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Thunderbolt Ross comes back. Thunderbolt Ross is integral. He plays a part in multiple things, but you could not know that he's in this and just see him yeah. as a dickhead military guy in the rest of the films and be yep. fine and get it. Um, it's not. It's not very important in the big scheme of things. Just jump right in with Ruffalo. Iron Man, 100 percent important. Gets a lot of shit set up. You get it. Captain America, I would argue, is also fairly important. Thor, super important. Yeah, you can skip Hulk can you really can you could also probably skip thor the dark world although there are there are some lingering things in that as well but you could definitely skip hulk hulk is the one if if you had to like if you asked me which ones do you skip if you want to like understand the whole story that one and eternals no nope. hasn't really tied into the rest of the mcu at all Not yet. yet but i think moving forward it will what do we got next week ty next week we have what we were supposed to review this week jay it's me time um let's again i'm hoping it's going to come out Mm-hmm. It is. It's coming out Friday. I'm. You don't have to hope. It is. I fucked this one up. You did. Now, you did. with that being said, I don't see you making the schedule except for today after I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's just it's me time. I explained it last week. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to know what this movie is going to be about. And then we did we did set up our schedule and double and triple checked for the next couple of weeks. Yep. So this doesn't happen again. Yep, even though there is one week we're still missing a movie. I only have two movies after this and then a blank. We'll figure it out. Um, Random Rotten Tomato movie score, Ty. We're we're reviewing an old superhero movie, even though it's still part of the MCU. I wanted to go with another old superhero movie that's not part of the MCU, and that is the 1990 film Captain America. Oh, was that a theater release? Did I ever get a theater release? I don't think so. I think that was a... I don't know. I just know it existed. He fights Red Skull, who aims to give the president a brain implant. We're going to go a brain implant? Yeah. Starring Matthew Salinger as Steve Rogers slash Captain America. Okay. We're going to sit. Look, Captain America's patriotic. We're going 13 for the 13 colonies. You nailed it, Ty. No. 13%. Let's go. Your second Rotten Tomato score. That would that took way less time than it took for me to get my first. <laughs> it did. It, it took you like 10, probably, 15? 
in between, yeah, and probably took you 30, 40. Yeah, 13% with 16 reviews. Nice. I didn't even have to know there was only 16 reviews to do some quick math there. There's only two uh, fresh reviews. Um, one of them, there's no nothing. It's just fresh. November 7th, 2002. That's a weird movie to go back and review and then not give an explanation for. You're just like, hey, I watched this random movie that no one else has seen. Well, if we ever get our Rotten Tomatoes, that's what we'll do. Um, yeah. And then Alan NG gave it a fresh. Uh, December 13th, 2020. So he had some COVID, you know, just binging. Bored as fuck. Working from home. And said, you can't lose watching Captain America. That was it. <laughs> okay, dude. Everyone else disliked it, though. All 14 others. Yeah. Okay. 13%. God, I'm getting fucking good at this, Jay. Yeah. I just clicked on this guy's uh, website, Film Threat, just to look at his other review, and there's, like, some raunchy kind of ads and stuff. I'm just going to yeah? click off of this. Is it yeah. the, the dick pills? No, just warning uncensored photos, and it looks like a girl with, like, a see-through shirt, like, from a movie or something. So, not great ad red. Like, they don't have a great ad... They're taking the cheapy ads. Hmm. No we should be on Rotten Tomatoes if he can get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got for you, Ty. Uh, next week, me time. Go watch She-Hulk. We're going to probably just keep talking about it yep. unless the next episode's real, real boring and then we'll just touch on it. But either way, go watch it. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.